is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the founder of MaxList. It's a job board in the Pacific Northwest that helps you find a fulfilling career. Every Wednesday, I talk to a different expert about the tools you need to find the work you want. Find Your Dream Job is sponsored by Top Resume. A second opinion on your resume might make the difference between getting the job and getting rejected. Get a free review of your resume today from a top resume expert. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. One of the biggest challenges you face in your career is how to choose the field you want to work in. Here today to talk about why it's important to narrow your career choices and how to do it is Meg Gary. Meg is a certified career coach with a master's degree in academic advising. She co-hosts the podcast, All Things College and Career, and Meg co-owns Academic and Career Advising Services. She joins us today from Kennebuck, Maine. Meg, here's what I want to start. Why is it important to make a career choice at all? Oh, that is a great question. I'm, I'm not necessarily positive. It is highly important to you know, decide specifically on one career choice. Um, but it does really help in the job seeking process and to landing a job to become very targeted. But uh, if truth be told, I think the most important thing is to try things out. And so sometimes it's very difficult, honestly, early on in the process to know to land on a specific career choice. So sometimes it involves a lot of trial and error. But would you recommend, Meg, that people explore two or three different careers at the start of a job search? Well, absolutely. I, I recommend trying things out as as if I had to go to my career advisor toolbox and pick out one tool that was most important. Action and trying things out would be my number one tool or go-to. But there there is a process. I have an 11-step process that I walk my clients through, and I call it destination. And it's I don't want to uh, bore your listeners with the entire process or drag them through all of that, but it, it's in a pretty extensive uh, process that we go through to help people really narrow their focus and become clearer about their career goals. And when you take people through that process, Meg, uh, at the end of it, after they go through those 11 steps, do you find that they've settled on one career or do they have a short list of two or three different fields they might still pursue? Right. Well, yeah, sometimes they settle on one and sometimes uh, I, I recommend anywhere between one and four. Um, and at that point, once you shrink your list down to one or four options. It's really important to take a really deep dive into these uh, options to make sure they're the right uh, match for you. So something I will walk my uh, clients through is I'll ask them, have they done enough research in this field? Have they talked to people in the industry to make sure... uh, Actually, we just had Austin Belsack on our podcast, and he gave provided us with what I think is a great tip that's worth repeating, that uh, if you are interested in a specific career, it's really important to talk to somebody that's actually doing that, that job and not to necessarily take advice from others that are not. So they're the best people to speak to in that process. And, you know, I'll ask, I'll 
we'll take a look. Have you really researched the career? Have you figured out what the advantages and drawbacks are and what a typical day is like? And have you, you know, taken the time to job shadow? And uh, the other thing I really like to take a look at is what is the outlook of the of the career? That's a really important thing that we okay. take a look at. Well, well, let's talk about those steps because I, I know within this 11-step process that you have, one of one of them, number eight, is narrowing your career choices. And there are six uh, suggestions that you make, and I'd like to walk through them one by one that will help people uh, narrow those choices. And the first one you mentioned, of course, is research. And you talked about the benefits of, of reaching out to people who are doing the job and, and finding out uh, what that's like. I, I'm curious, uh, what, Meg, when people, why do people who are doing this work take meetings with uh, folks who want to learn about their careers? What, what, aren't they pretty busy folks in general? And don't most people say no? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. And I actually find that people are quite excited and interested and happy to help share uh, information about their career. And yes, you do have to be very mindful about people's busy schedules and and to not approach it in a way that is uh, centered on yourself, but to, but to be cognizant of their uh, busy schedule and to just ask if, if they had you know, 10 or 15 minutes that they could share with you how to get started in this career, what a typical day is like, what are the advantages and drawbacks, and and how would you break into it if, if you know, how, how to break in and what training and education and skills do I need? So, it's just, uh, that's, it's really important also just to, you know, use your, uh, any resource you can find to research a career beyond just talking to people and learn as much as you can about it. And in addition, besides having these informational interviews with people working in, in the industry that interests you, you mentioned other research. What kind of research have you found is especially helpful for your clients? Well, it's, as I said, I go through a somewhat extensive process and, and, the process that you're talking about is kind of later on in the process when we've targeted and narrowed our approach. But earlier on in the process, when I call it investigating your options, and this is where we really explore options. And we, before we can make any career planning moves or move ahead in a career, you have to first of all evaluate and check with a client to make sure they're ready to make a career move. And Oftentimes, there are barriers standing in the way between a client and making a move. Like I often will work with people that come in to me that uh, are not happy on their job or they're looking for a change. They want a new direction, but they just have no idea where to get started. So it's really important for me as a very first step to just see if they're ready to actually move forward. And oftentimes, there are barriers that are preventing them from doing that. And that could be anything from a lack of self-confidence or self-efficacy, as we call it. Um, and Or there could be barriers standing in the way, like they feel like they're too old or too young, or they have gaps in their resume, or they're going through a transition. So the very first thing I would do is just uh, walk them through that process to make sure they're actually ready to, to move forward. And, and once you identify those barriers, Meg, how do you recommend... Uh, your clients overcome them? 
Well, that's, it depends on the barrier, but I'm working with a client right now who came to me and she's a middle-aged woman who has uh, been a stay-at-home mom for 15 years. So she's just really lacking confidence about re-entering the workforce because of that. So what we talked about is it's a very human thing to take time out of the workforce to either take care of your children or to take care of a sick parent or whatever the case may be. Hiring managers understand that. But it's what I, what I help the client to do is to focus on what they did accomplish during those years at home. And this particular client had accomplished a lot. She had worked on a lot of fundraisers and she's looking at uh, career options that involve fundraising. And she had a fair amount of ex- success with that. And she's also uh, took the time to earn her MBA. So um, we, we turn the focus of what they lack into what they're providing and uh, match that to what specific career they're going after. So that's just one example of a barrier that they may face. But that's really, you can't make any move forward until you've addressed career readiness and and taking care of those barriers. But the next thing that's really, really important is to help the client to learn who they are, understand who they are, and evaluate uh, them, themselves. So that's the next really important process before you can get them to narrow down anything. Okay. And so... Talk to us about how that happens. How once you've you, you've uh, determined that you're ready and you've identified barriers and and uh, to moving forward and uh, steps to overcome them, what do you do next, Meg? Right. So that's a great question. And what I do is I take this is we take a really deep dive into help. I help clients to learn who they are and understand what's important to them. And there's a number of tools I I use to do this. And again, um, making the analogy to the carpenter who has a lot of tools in their box, I also do as a career advisor. But uh, one of the tools I use is assessments and um I have five that I like to turn to specifically, and I can talk about those if you'd like me to, but that is uh, the first thing. And then I also uh, rely on uh, Mark Sivikis has what he calls a narrative construct approach, and it's essentially spending time just really getting into a great discussion with your client and just spending some time understanding them and learning about their journey and hearing about their work experience. And he actually provides some questions uh, that I use to help draw their life themes from the client that you're working with for, like, for example, you can ask them who are their role models or who do they admire, or it's basically enabling the client to identify, you know, to, the idea is that we all have our own career story within or our own themes or we all, it's buried in us and it's up to the advisor to help bring it out of them. So that's something I may do. And we look at motivations and work values. So I have a, uh, to help a client understand their motivations, I use a card sort, which is a kind of a fun way of generating a lot of good conversation. And at the end of it, you end up with a pile of cards that uh, help the client to understand what not only they're good at, but skills that they're highly motivated by. And you also end up with a pile of just the opposite skills that bring them down or burn them out and things that they don't necessarily like to do. So yeah. we, we so, try- so- 
So things that energize them and, and things that drain them. And, and also, it, it sounds like you do a great job in that process of drawing people out about their, their own journey and, and where they want to go. Um, I want to pause here, Meg, so for a quick break. And when we come back, I want to continue our conversation about uh, narrowing your career choices. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Whether you're picking your first career or changing fields, you need a resume that tells your story and gets you interviews. Do you think your resume can do this? You could apply for a lot of jobs and see what happens next. Or you could talk to one of the experts at Top Resume. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. Top Resume will review your resume for free in 48 hours or less. And you'll get specific feedback from an expert about your resume's style and organization. You'll also learn if your writing is clear, easy to read, and free of mistakes. And finally, you'll find out how an application tracking system interprets your experience and skills. Go to maxlist.org slash topresume. Topresume has helped more than 1 million job seekers change careers. And its team of expert writers can help you too. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. Now, let's get back to the show. We're back in the Maxlist studio. I'm talking with Meg Gary. She's a certified career coach. She's also the co-host of the podcast, All Things College and Career. And she co-owns the company Academic and Career Advising Services. Now, Meg, before the break, we're talking about narrowing career choices. And Mm -hmm. we're talking about the steps you take your clients through uh, to get clear about the options that they might consider as they do a job search. And you mentioned assessments and particular assessment tools. Talk to us about the assessment tools that you work uh, with your clients with, and, and particularly for listeners who might want to uh, use these tools themselves and perhaps uh, find them on the internet. Absolutely. And and as I prefaced before, I do find uh, assessments to be quite valuable, but I really do want to, uh, you know, express a caveat that they do have their shortcomings and limitations and biases that I think users should be fully aware of. And, uh, also that um, it's just one tool or one piece of the pie. So it's one ingredient that can help clients understand who they are, but, and it's a great uh, way to generate wonderful conversation with your client, but I certainly wouldn't rely on them as the end all and be all. That's just my personal uh, feeling on that. But um, that said, the five assessments that I like to use is the first one is kind of um, you know, uh, one of the latest and greatest, I guess you would say, it's called the Use Science. And the thing I like about this assessment is that it uh, combines uh, your interests with your aptitudes. So I think it's the only assessment out there that combines both. So it's really, for example, you might really be interested in something, but you don't necessarily have the aptitude for it. And the flip side of that is you may have the aptitude for something, but have no interest in doing it. So I think it's great to measure both. And And just to be clear, Meg, uh, uh, can you define aptitude? Is this a talent? Is it something that can be learned or or is it an eight and and you're just born with it? Yeah, it's an eight. It's the way your brain works and the way that you think. So 
it's your innate abilities, basically. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't claim to be an expert on it. I use the assessment. So I, d- I would definitely defer to the uh, writers of the assessment to for more information on that. But uh, that's essentially how I understand it. But Terrific. And so there are other assessment tools that you like to work with. Tell us about those. Yeah. So I also use the Clifton Strengths, which basically we arrive at uh, the Uh, the individual I'm working with, their top five strengths. And I find this to be a real morale booster for people that I'm working with to help them identify things that they're actually really good at. And a lot of people I work with are lacking the confidence or self-esteem. And it's really up to me to help bring, to to not sell themselves short and to uh, realize their full potential. So that's one great way of doing it. And also the via character classification assessment is same, same idea behind that. Um, and a lot of employers are looking for these, uh, skills, uh, you know, soft skills, so to speak in a, in a work setting. So it's really a great tool to help, uh, people I work with to identify uh, these strengths that they have in to find a place where they can be really valued and put to use and that will just help them feel better about who they are. But also, I'm sure everyone has heard of the Holland Code, the RIASEC, which uh, is probably the most practical assessment for career advisors to use because there's such large databases out there to match the results. So it's really just a practical and uh, one that I do use. And finally, the Myers-Briggs, or I actually use the human metric uh, version of that, but it helps to clients to identify um, what work environment is best suited for them. So, Terrific. And for job seekers, who are listening, Meg, uh, who might not be working with a career coach, are, are there publicly available uh, assessment tools that they might find either in a book or online that you would recommend? Yeah, so some of the ones I've mentioned, um, you actually can access online. I think uh, you have the, you have to pay for them. I don't know all the details, uh, but uh, the clip. Clifton Strange, you definitely have to pay for in the use science as well. Uh, the bio classification, um, not sure about that. I, I can't remember. It's either UPenn or Penn State, one of those universities that it comes from. And um, the human metrics is available online and free to anybody that wants to use it. That one I'm sure of. And the Colin, Holland Code, I think they're readily available online as well. And when people complete these assessments, how do you recommend they use the information that they get from these tests? Well, I, I use it to help them learn more about themselves and what, what and it's just a good conversation generator to help maybe uh, brainstorm about what might be some good fit careers. And at that point, um, we turn, I oftentimes uh, rely on ONET, which I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's a, it's a website put out by the Department of Bureau and Education, or Labor, excuse me. <laughs> and uh, they basically, you know, as we do our taxes, they keep track of where we're working and how much we're making. So they have really a great database of information about what careers are growing, which careers have a bright outlook. And they also include info- salary information 
information by state and also nationally. And they also include what sort of experience, skills, training, education you need. And they will also match the Holland Code to careers. So I, I rely on that quite heavily when we're in that process of exploring options and also, just to give my own podcast a little shout out, uh, when I have uh, clients that I'm working with that have a specific career idea in mind, and we've interviewed a professional in that area, I definitely refer them to that episode because we we will take a really deep dive into, like we've had people on that are physical therapists, for example, or optometrists, or basically a whole litany of careers. So, And we get right into... Uh, detail about what it takes to, you know, the advantages and drawbacks, what a typical day is like, what sort of education and training you need. So it's just one other little tool in the whole. Again, I like, I would never put too much emphasis on one thing or another. It's just, it's a combination of all of these things that really. Okay. Well, so you, you take people through these assessments and Mm -hmm. some of them are so specific, they identify actual occupations and that you might be suited for. Uh, once you finish uh, an assessment, what do you recommend? And, and you've talked, too, about the importance of speaking to people who are doing the work that interests you. What happens after you do those assessments, you have those conversations? What do you, how do you see people get even clearer about their career choices? Yeah, that's a great question. So I use a couple of tools that I actually got from uh, when I was uh, training to become a facilitated career development. I My instructor was Linda Sollers of Creating Purpose, and uh, she, is, she produces so much great uh, career content and practical tools for career advisors. So one of the things she came up with was... Uh, what we call a career design form and a job framework. So those are two exercises that I have my clients do. And basically, in a nutshell, the uh, career design form is just a, a questionnaire, basically, where we, you know, ask clients to get really specific about their needs and wants in a job. So for example, we say, where where specifically do you want to work? And if they may say Boston, Massachusetts, then, okay, specifically, what radius are you willing to travel? Is it a 10-mile, 20-mile, that sort of thing? And and would you entertain a position that required traveling? And if so, would you be willing to travel 25% of the time, 50%, 75%? And what are your requirements for benefits and salaries? And what sort of management style are you looking for? And uh, actually, you know, and then in the job framework, this is also a really good um, tool that I use, again, created by Linda Sollers, that it's just an exercise where we ask clients to look at job boards such as MaxList and, and really read these job descriptions and take like short uh, phrases or sentences, uh, copy and paste things that really appeal to you or things that you want to do or things that you're interested in. And shrink that down to a 12 to 18 bullet point list of, um, so you end up with a, this is a very abbreviated (laughs) description of the process, but you end up with a 12 to 18 bullet points where you can easily hand people uh, to say, this is, uh, this is, these are my skill set. This is what I'm looking to do. This is what I want to do. Do you know anybody that could use somebody 
that is in need of these, this skill set. And it basically just gives you a one-page document to hand to family and friends or on informational interviews because people cannot help you unless you give them specific information. Yeah, I love the specificity of both of those tools. I mean, in the first one, for example, you're getting very practical about questions about commuting time and exactly and, uh, yeah. how much time you want to spend in the office, how much time you want to spend on the road. And with right. the second tool, it, it has to help so much when you walk away with that bulleted list, whether it's 12 points or 18, it it brings a clarity when you put it down in, in writing, it, doesn't it, Meg, about it, what you want to do? It really does. And you can put them into categories of, you know, like customer service or sales or whatever, but, or you can just, but the other thing I uh, like about it is if you're drawing from job boards or job postings, you know, these things are actually in need. So it's not only you're combining what's actually in need out there for uh, specific work, but also with what you actually want to do. So that's the other. Yeah. And it's so much easier to read than a resume. Uh, nobody has time for those. So it's just a much more abbreviated thing that can help others help you. Yeah. Your point about how the information is actually coming out of the market, it's based on employers' actual needs is so important. Well, exactly. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Meg, uh, tell us what's next for you. Oh, well, thank you. I enjoyed it as well. And as I said, I'm honored to be a guest. I really am. But yeah, what's next for me is um, I will continue to produce and uh, create our pod biweekly podcast called All Things College and Career with my co-host and sister, Bobby Ryan. And uh, for anybody that's interested on our website, you can uh, search by career and college, which can often be helpful to people. And um, I will continue to assist uh, clients, work individually with clients. And you could check out my website, Academic and Career Advising Services, to learn more about my services or to schedule an appointment. And um, I'm continuing to teach at the University of Maryland Global Campus, where I'm a member of their adjunct faculty there, and I teach a course in career planning management and program and career exploration. And uh, currently, I'm working on preparing for a couple of speaking engagements, and I am available also to uh, speak on topics related to academic and career planning. But I would just say, finally, on a personal note, my sister and I, Bobby, are hoping to go to Europe this summer to hike the Ho Trail that goes from Chamonix, France to uh, Zermatt, Switzerland. So we have a month planned for that, but I don't know. It's looking kind of grim with the COVID-19, but I'm hoping that might work out. Well, it, that sounds like a wonderful trip. I hope you get to make that either this summer or sometime in the future. We'll be sure to include those links in the show notes. And I know people can find your podcast on uh, your website as well. So, Meg, given all the useful tips you've shared today, what's the one thing you want a listener to remember about how to narrow your career choices? If I had to narrow it down to one thing, I would say try things out. That's the most important thing. An estimated 75% of job applications get rejected by robots before reaching a human being. Find out what an applicant tracking system will think about your resume. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. Do you like this podcast? Sign up for our free weekly newsletter. The newsletter includes free job search resources 
in a transcript for every episode. Go to maxlist.org slash podcast. Again, that's maxlist.org slash podcast. Next week, our guest will be Patty Sinecole. She's the job doc columnist for the Boston Globe and the president of the First Beacon Group, a human resource consulting company. We're seeing record unemployment around the world because of the COVID-19 virus, but employers continue to hire too. Patty and I will talk about how to get a job during tough times and what you can do to stand out in a crowded field of applicants. I hope you'll join us. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job.